Hey everyone. Welcome to MD Rounds. Where we round in medicine with an all-round perspective. We aim to be your audio pocket guide for clinical medicine, including cases, quizzes, and high-yield snippets. We further enhance clinical rounds acting as a bridge between clinical medicine and public health. Well, what are you waiting for? Let's dive in and round out with Dr. Chavi, Dr. Atif, and Dr. Vineet. Join us. It's time to round. Hello and welcome to a new episode. I'm your host, Dr. Atif. This episode is a continuation on our topic, dementia. If you missed our episode on frontotemporal dementia, be sure to check out our previous episodes. So let's dive in. Today, I'll be talking about vascular dementia. Vascular dementia has been regarded as the second most common cause of dementia. Causes can include a wide range of disorders, such as blood clots, bleeding because of a ruptured blood vessel, such as from a stroke. We can also look to damage to blood vessels from atherosclerosis, infections, high blood pressure, or other causes, such as an autoimmune disorder. SLE may come to mind. And finally, Casado. Cerebral autosomal dominant arteriopathy with subcortical infarcts and leukoencephalopathy. Yes, that does sound like a lot, but it's a genetic disorder that generally leads to dementia of the vascular type. One parent with this particular gene passes it on to a child, which makes it an autosomal dominant inheritance disorder. It's going to affect the blood vessels of the white matter of the brain. Symptoms such as migraine headaches, seizures, and severe depression generally start when the person is in their mid-30s, but symptoms may not appear until later in life. When we look at the symptoms of vascular dementia, a lot is going to depend on the location and the amount of brain tissue involved. Vascular dementia symptoms may appear suddenly right after a stroke or gradually over time. Symptoms may get worse over time after a subsequent stroke, heart attack, or a major surgery. These are signs and symptoms of vascular dementia to keep an eye out for. When a patient has increased difficulty in carrying out normal daily activity because of problems with concentration, communication, or even the inability to carry out simple instructions. We can also find memory problems, although short-term memory problems may not be affected. When it comes to higher-level tasks such as planning, organizing, or multitask problems, they may experience some sort of difficulty. But going back to stroke, when we find sudden weakness and difficulty of speech, these are clear red flags that we're dealing with the stroke. When we deal with the frontal area of the brain, we also may experience some sort of personality changes, mood changes. We can even find a depressed mood or that they're noticeably irritable. Movement can also be affected based on the level of the stroke such as walking too fast or a noticeable shuffle when they walk. Ultimately, movement and balance can be affected. We may also find even at rest they're experiencing some sort of tremors. These issues can even extend to the urinary problems that they may experience, such as incontinence or urgency. This ultimately opens the door for potential infection. As vascular dementia is diagnosed in a clinical setting, along with a complete medical history and physical examination, the clinician may also order neuropsychological assessment, which will definitely help distinguish vascular dementia from other types of dementia, as we mentioned earlier, so be sure to check out those episodes. Unfortunately, vascular dementia cannot be cured. However, the primary goal is to treat the underlying conditions that affect blood flow to the brain. By addressing and treating these underlying conditions, we can help reduce risk factors that can lead to further damage to the brain tissue. Some of these treatments may include medications to manage blood pressure, cholesterol, triglyceride levels, diabetes, and patients who deal with blood clotting. Lifestyle modifications do go a long way, such as something as simple as having a healthier diet, getting more physical activity, along with removing unhealthy habits such as smoking or alcohol consumption. There are some procedures that can improve blood flow to the brain, such as a carotid endarterectomy, angioplasty, or even stenting. 
Medications such as choline esterase inhibitors will help us maintain a higher level of acetylcholine, thus leading to increased communication between nerve cells, which in turn may temporarily improve or stabilize the symptoms that the patient experiences with dementia. As the old adage goes, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. By taking steps to keep a heart healthy, we can help reduce the risk factors for having vascular dementia. One important thing to consider is maintaining a healthy blood pressure. Keeping a patient's blood pressure within normal range may prevent both vascular dementia and Alzheimer's disease. Prevention and control of diabetes is also something to look out for. Avoiding the onset of type 2 diabetes with diet and exercise is another practical way to decrease risk factors for dementia. However, if they already have diabetes, by controlling glucose levels, we can help them protect the brain's blood vessels from damage. Along with simple prevention, by educating the patient about quitting smoking can go a long way as smoking tobacco damages blood vessels everywhere in the body. Having regular physical activity should be a part of everyone's wellness plan. In addition to all the numerous benefits, exercise may also help patients avoid vascular dementia. Keeping an eye on cholesterol levels is important. A healthy low-fat diet and cholesterol-lowering medications can help reduce the risk of strokes and heart attacks that could lead to vascular dementia. This is probably by reducing the amount of plaque deposits that build up inside of the brain's arteries. Unfortunately, vascular dementia is a progressive disease that has no cure. A patient with vascular dementia will eventually need high levels of care as a result of the loss of mental abilities, as well as a decline in physical abilities. Family members may be able to take care of vascular dementia patients early on, it's important to emphasize that as the disease progresses, a person may need more specialized care. For caregivers, some resources such as respite programs and adult daycare programs can give some time away from the demands of caring for the loved one with vascular dementia. Long-term care facilities that specialize in the care of patients with dementia, Alzheimer's disease, and other related conditions are often available once a person affected by vascular dementia can no longer be cared for at home. And that concludes this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to tweet us at MDRoundsPodcast on Twitter and follow us on Instagram. If your friends haven't heard us yet, be sure to share this episode on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other platforms. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. Please do not use this as medical advice. And for any concerns regarding your health, please always consult with your healthcare provider. No copyright infringement is intended.